0: Welcome to the Emergency Goalies, a Blackhawks podcast. Uh, We'll get uh, right into the last week's games, which went uh, pretty well for the uh, Blackhawks. And I'll kick it to Michael, who will do a little little recap for us.
1: Yeah, so the uh, Blackhawks had their first winning streak under Jeremy Colleton. uh, Extend last week, they... uh, had uh, come off of a a nice two to one victory against Nashville that we covered last week. Um, That happened last Tuesday, but then uh, they had back to back games, uh, divisional games against Dallas and Colorado, and they played really well in both games. Um, Some of the best hockey we've seen from the team this year. Uh, They, they really seem to be picking up uh, Colleton system a little bit, playing a little quicker, uh, with a little more confidence they're not uh f- there's fewer defensive zone breakdowns and just the transitions uh in and out of the zones is is uh working a little better um so the first game against Dallas was last Thursday uh it was kind of a a, a different set of uh a, a different opening period than we're used to seeing from this team, uh, the Blackhawks, jumped out to a 2 to nothing lead in the first period uh, on goals by DeBrinckit and uh, Eric Gustafson. Uh, it was Gustafson's eighth, eighth goal of the season already. Um, he's had a real hot hand of late. I think that was like his third goal in four games or something like that. And the Blackhawks never really let up. Uh, the second period, uh, Patrick Kane... Patrick Kane came out and scored uh, to make the lead three to nothing within like a couple of minutes, and then uh, the Stars did battle back and make it three to two uh, about halfway through the third. Uh, But then the 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 Hawks were able to add a couple of empty net goals uh, near the end. Uh, Kane scored again, and Brandon Perlini got his second goal with the Hawks. Um, It was probably one of his best games as well. Um, He's starting to show a little bit more speed and confidence with the puck, starting to take the the puck to the net a little more. And uh, yeah, that was probably his best game as a Hawk. And it was nice to see him get rewarded at the end uh, with an empty netter. So the Hawks won that game five to two. And the other real good news in the, in the game was the 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 play of uh of the goaltender and uh that being uh Cam Ward who uh you know he's he's obviously going to be tasked with a, a a heavier load now that uh Crawford's out but yeah he he had uh, another one of his strong games and then uh the Blackhawks uh had to travel to Colorado uh the following night to play the avalanche and uh as we kind of talked about in the uh uh preview for the game uh last week uh the avalanche are pretty much a one line team at this point and it may well be the the best or one of the top two or three lines in all of hockey but um the Blackhawks were able to keep that line off the board, and once again, the Hawks were able to take an early lead uh, to Brinkett once again with the early goal, and uh, Colorado did tie it up in the second period, uh, and it was one-to-one heading into the third, but uh, Artem scored early in the third period uh, to give the, the Hawks a two-to-one lead, and they were able to hold on thanks in large part to a stellar effort by Colin Dahlia who uh,
0: you know, was uh, called up when uh, Crawford got hurt. And, you know, as of
1: right now, we kind of talked about it last week. He's the presumed goaltender of the future for this team. He's still a little bit of an unknown quantity. He doesn't have a lot of track record of success, but, uh, the last year and a half, well, I shouldn't even say year and a half, about the last year, it was about this time last year where he started getting more time in the AHL and really started to turn his game around and then had a really strong playoffs for the Ice Hogs last year. And then he picked up right where he left off, got off to a great start with Rockford this year and carried it over into this game, his first of the year with the Hawks and he made 35 saves. Yeah. 35 saves on 36 shots. Um, just, he was really strong. Um, he's, he's a fairly big guy with good mobility post to post. And he just, he looked really good in the game. So it was very encouraging.
0: Ironically. uh, Ironically, it was not his first career win. No, no. He got credit for the win in the, um, famous Scott Foster game last year because he was, was he on the ice when they scored the go ahead goal or whatever? I think it's how the rule works.
1: Well, yeah, the, the, yeah, the eventual game winner. Cause remember Foster came on and uh, was preserving a lead and made like, I think it was nine saves over the last, you know, 10 minutes of the game or whatever it was. So yeah, that was, that was Delhi's first win was last year, but yeah, so this was his first win this year in his first game. And, uh, That gave the Hawks a three-game winning streak for the first time, I think, all year. I think they did have a couple of two-game winning. No, I guess they did. Nope, nope. That was their first three-game winning streak all year. Yeah. So that just kind of goes to show how how tough this season has been and why the Hawks are kind of... uh, bringing up the rear in the NHL. And then we kind of saw a little bit of it, the the inconsistency on Sunday when uh, the Hawks closed out uh, the before Christmas break uh, with a game against Florida and Florida played a pretty good game against them. Uh, It was one to one. Uh, The Hawks actually took another uh, early lead Uh, this time, uh, Connor Murphy, who has been a real stabilizing influence on the on the Blackhawks back end since he returned from his back injury um so it was nice to see him get rewarded uh with a goal I mean he's not a great offensive player but he's he's smart with when he jumps into the plays he's just he's he's had a good start and uh so it was cool to see that uh Dylan Strom was one of the guys who got an assist on that and uh he's also been playing pretty well for the hawks at least in the offensive end um but uh the the panthers came back out scored a couple of goals to take a lead De brinkett uh who has had a hot hand himself we had mentioned gustafson but de brinkett's been really hot as well and uh he scored his 17th of the year strome got another assist on that uh, Two to two, but uh then the the panthers uh got a power play goal late in the second period to retake the lead. And then they extended it a couple of like 30 seconds later. Um, so they entered the the third with a four, two lead and quickly made it five to two. The Hawks did battle back a little bit. Strom scored his ninth goal of the season. It was his third point of the night. So he had a goal and two assists. Uh, Connor Murphy also had an assist on that. So, you know, good games from those two guys, but um it just it wasn't enough. Uh Florida was able to add an empty netter and make it a six to three victory. Uh what that this wasn't Cam Ward's best game, but um Panthers did they, they did manage to get some pretty good looks against him. Um Ward didn't uh, face that many shots, but it did seem like there was quite a bit of quality opportunities against him. So, you know, I, I don't, I, he's not fully to blame, but it, it, it certainly wasn't his best effort of the year. So, yeah. So that's where, where the Hawks finished after last week. So, you know, they won two out of three. It was a, it was a, like I said, I think we saw some of the Hawks best play of the season in those Dallas and Colorado
0: games. Yeah. It's kind of ironic actually that, you know, the game we thought they had the best chance to win, they lose. And the two games against harder opponents, they win. And it's just like, I guess that's that's hockey for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Avalanche, like I said, you know, you shut down their one line and uh, you got a real good chance against them. And um, not only did the Hawks shut that line down pretty good, uh, although they did end up having a couple of chances, um, but, you know, we had a hot goalie in that game. Uh, Delia, just he played really well. Yeah, so I thought it was a pretty good week. And uh, then you know we've had a couple of days off here, you know, obviously with the holiday, and uh, you know then we got uh, the World Juniors kicking off this week, and the Hawks will be back at it on Thursday.
0: Yep. Um, you know, I was, you know, you're talking about Connor Murphy and stuff too, and it's, I mean you can't ignore the fact that uh, Brandon Manning being on the bench. Might have something to do with the defense looking a bit better recently,
1: yes, yeah, and uh, there was a article in the uh, um, in the athletic, uh, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before, um, kind of speaking to um, kind of what I had uh, talked about the week with it certainly seemed like the Hawks have just kind of decided to move on and that that does seem to be the general consensus that uh, they've told um, Manning that they are trying to trade him. He's probably not going to play a lot, and you know they're just they're they're ready to to look at their younger defensemen, and you know they're just willing to eat that contract, I guess. So I think that's encouraging news for both the Blackhawks and their fans. Um, that's it's just a signing that was clear almost from the get-go that it wasn't going to work out. And, uh, yeah, so I'm glad they're not, uh, you know, doubling down and making the situation worse
0: by trying to force him into the lineup. Um, but well, yeah, also ironic, you know, that you're talking about, like, um, you know, you showcase someone for a trade. Your chances of trading Brandon Manning are probably better if you don't play him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those situations where unfortunately with that second year on the contract, I I don't think you're going to be able to swap him for anything other than somebody else's problem. And, uh, I I think everybody realizes that, um, you know, there's always a chance where if somebody gets hurt for the Hawks, Manning has a chance to get back in there and maybe he plays a little better and, you know, it, uh, maybe helps convince somebody that, uh, you know, he might be worth taking a chance on, but I think the chances of that are pretty slim.
0: So, well, yeah, that was I the mean, other. Yeah. The other thing I was going to ask you is since we saw Colin Dahlia, you know, play pretty good against the Avalanche, and he looked good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this debate going, I know a couple people on Twitter, um, um, our friend, uh, Sam fell for one saying that he thinks they should, Dahlia should be getting a lot of the playing time and Ward should be more of a backup. And I don't know if I, totally agree with that but i wanted to know what your thoughts were on
1: it i i think it depends on how the situation with crawford plays out um if crawford is actually going to be out for the season i have no issue with the hawks kind of slow playing this and let delia kind of get his feet wet a little bit rely on ward for a little while um and you know kind of do it maybe as like a Two to three, or you know, two to one split with Ward getting more work early on, um, and then kind of transitioning that to Delia getting more and more work as the season goes along. If it's a short-term thing with Crawford, where they think he's going to be back in a couple of weeks, I, I wouldn't mind taking a look at Delia and uh, you know, just kind of trying to cram a little more experience in with them. Um, you know, in those couple of weeks, just to to give him a look, because once Crawford comes back, uh, you know, I mean, they're not getting rid of Ward. He's here for the year. It's just, it is what it is. And uh, but, you know, I don't think there's a wrong answer for it um, with goalies. It's it's you know, he he can get the reps he needs in Rockford too. Um, I I don't know that for goalies that it's a huge difference between playing in the NHL or playing in the AHL. I, I think it's just a matter of gaining experience and uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I don't find it quite as big of a deal as most people do. And I, it, we kind of talked about this last week with the Yoki Haru situation going to, with him going to the world juniors. I, You know, the difference in five games in a NHL season is not that big of a deal. And whether Delia and Ward split the duties or you give Delia more starts than Ward over the rest of the season, you know, what do we have 50 games left? You're probably talking about a five, maybe 10 game difference, but it's probably more like five games. And I just I. It, that's not a huge deal to me.
0: Yeah. And so. you know, looking back on it, like if you think about way back when Corey Crawford first started, it was a very similar mm-hmm. thing where you'd get a few spots here or there, but he was not.
1: They'd right. Well, they in. brought in Turco that year to kind of play the war, the role of, of cam Ward for, you know, that scenario, they had lost, uh, Niemi and gotten rid of Huey and, uh, they They didn't just hand it over to Crawford right away they, you know they they brought in a veteran to help him, and you know it became clear that Crawford was you know eventually going to take that job but you know i, I don't have a problem with kind of slow playing a little bit if if that's what they feel is best uh you know i don't I don't know Colin Delia's personality if he's the type of guy where you know you can just throw him into the fire and you're not going to destroy his confidence um you know, whereas with you know the the some of the uh, fire drills we've seen uh, in the defensive end as the Hawks have, you know, been transitioning to their new system, you know, it's probably not a great idea to throw a young goalie into that and have them get bombarded on a on a nightly basis, like you know we saw with Crawford and Ward early in the earlier in the year. Now, if the Hawks are playing as well as they did you know, against Dallas and Colorado on a semi-regular basis. Sure. Yeah. It's probably not a bad idea to get Delia a lot of time, but
0: it's one of those things kind of like, um, when you got like a young quarterback, mm-hmm. you've got a bad offensive line, right? Do you really want to expose them to that much of that. Exactly. Exactly. And,
1: uh, yeah. So, you know, if the situation in Chicago grows difficult with, you know, poor defensive efforts, Um, I'd almost rather have Delia playing in Rockford in that situation and, you know, getting, um, you know, experience down there and actually getting a chance to win games and, you know, seeing shots from areas that, you know, you don't, you don't want them facing, you know, 10, two on ones in a game like you do, like the Hawks gave up at times earlier this year. So, but you know, I, I do think the defense is starting to turn the corner a little bit. Um, I think the forwards are buying into the system a little more. We're seeing we're seeing guys not standing around. They're they're not thinking. Um they're just they're more reacting now. So I think I think the they're playing a lot quicker now. And that's that that should help in that regard, so
0: yeah, and you know, I guess since this is the week of the Winter Classic, mm-hmm. we should probably talk about the Winter Classic, which I do not like.
1: I don't like it either.
0: Yeah, not a fan of the Winter Classic. but uh, It was fine
1: the first time or even the second time, but what is this, like the fourth or fifth outdoor game the Hawks have had in the last ten years? It's yes, just... I
0: was trying to do the math in my head. I'm thinking, yeah, like five or six, because they, they, they played the blues, they played... The Wild, there was... um The Red the Wings was the first one, and then yeah. the Penguins is the one that I went and saw. The one in yeah. that was in, like, March, right?
1: Yeah. It, well, I don't know if it was March. Yeah, it might have been March. I just know it was cold. That was a cold, cold night.
0: Well, yeah. So I thought for our um, little Blackhawks history thing, we'll just talk about the Winter Classic with the Blackhawks in general. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, I mean, you went to the one, I think the one game that they won... There, there were a lot of uh, yeah they played
1: they played well in the, the first one against the Red Wings at Wrigley and I think they were up in that game for a little bit but uh they did end up dropping that one Um and I want to say that was 2009 so I think that was the year before they won the cup I'm trying yeah. to remember which squad yeah because that's right because Huey started it
0: yeah yeah, yeah and it was yeah. the one where like they um wasn't it like the wind started blowing the one way and it gave like either Datsuk or Zetterberg got a breakaway and they're like the wind was pushing them forward and I'm like no, no, this is this is good.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and honestly, the one that I went to and that first one at Wrigley, those are the only two that I even remember. I I, I just I'm not even sure that I watched one of the other ones. Uh, like I I want to say I watched the one against the Blues but we played one other one too, didn't we?
0: Against the Capitals, which made no sense.
1: Yeah, I don't even know that I saw the game against the Capitals. And if I did, it made absolutely no impression on me whatsoever. I just, I have no memories of it.
0: Yeah, the main thing I remember more is watching like the -the behind-the-scenes shows leading up to it more Mm -hmm. than the actual game, which were interesting. Yeah, I heard those were good. I never actually
1: caught any of those. Uh, I, I... I, I guess I do remember hearing some stuff about, um, all the swearing between, uh, I guess it would have been Barry Trotz and Joel Quenville between those two guys. Uh, there was quite a lot of, uh, curse words, uh, bandied about in those episodes.
0: Yeah. It, it was amazing. Yeah.
1: But yeah, as far as the games themselves, I don't care. And I'm really, uh, curious if i mean the last i had heard a few weeks ago the game wasn't even sold out and i mean the fact that it's in south bend which is just far enough away from chicago where if the weather's bad or the traffic is bad i mean i i just can't imagine that that's going to go real well plus it's not it, you know there's no direct flights from Boston either so I don't I don't know it's just it's a yeah. really weird
0: decision to me and it's you know you got a Blackhawks team that's not good the Bruins are like on the vert like the outside of the playoffs but it's not like they're a great team yeah I, you do wonder if there's going to be like a full crowd I don't know if there will be
1: yeah I don't know I I I do know that in one of the games last week uh Olchek said something about, oh, and the demand for the tickets is really high. And just the fact that he had to mention that tells me there is no demand for those tickets.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things, too, where they've they got this sellout streak or whatever. But, you know, it's like it's one of those things where the seats aren't claimed. They're, the tickets might have been sold, but y- right. you can see empty seats in the stadium.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um a lot of those people who are buying the season tickets, and they're not getting—they're not getting their money back from reselling those tickets the way uh, uh, they were just a couple of years ago. But I mean, that's going to happen. I—I'm I, I, not real concerned with sellout streaks and that sort of thing. But I don't know. I just found the whole Notre Dame Stadium thing kind of confusing, and I—I—I I, kind of get having boston play it i mean boston chicago they're two big catholic towns you're playing in the you know the catholic stadium and i i, I get that connection um, yeah the idea i think Notre Dame, more boston like, college is kind of a thing too but yeah yeah, yeah it's one of those just,
0: things where it's like um i think they're just trying to go for like it would be like a, a thing like just to see the game it wouldn't matter who played just like we're going to have the game in Notre Dame stadium. How cool would that be?
1: Right. I mean, they've done it at the big house and in Michigan. And I, I think if this had been like the second or maybe even the third, um, outdoor game that the Hawks had played, it would probably have gone over a little better, but you know, the fifth time nobody wants to travel
0: there to do that in my opinion. And it's just, overkill at this point too it's like do you really have to do the Blackhawks every year for this thing
1: right anybody who wanted to see it saw it Yeah. already yeah I mean I didn't even really want to see it and I still saw one of them so
0: yeah it did so I I think we're on the same page on this it's like yeah no we don't need to see any more of that but I guess we got another I'll just treat it like a normal game I'll just watch it like a normal game whatever
1: I actually find myself, uh, you know, like I said, I think in the last couple, I'm not, I think I watched the Blues one, but I don't think I watched the Capitals because it's, it's like an afternoon game. And if, you know, New Year's Day falls on like a weekday, it just, it feels, it doesn't feel like an appointment viewing to me. I don't know.
0: I just. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the World Juniors instead of that. Yes, that is always exciting. Plus, you get to see a uh, Blackhawk uh, prospect uh, Barrett playing. He's looking pretty good. Yeah, great. yeah, we're watching that
1: tonight. Uh, he, The U.S. won 2-1, to one, and Evan Barrett uh, was heavily involved in both goals. The first one was a power play goal where Barrett was causing all kinds of havoc in front of the net, uh, screened the goalie on a shot from the point. And then a few minutes later, he... Uh, did it himself, uh, pulled the puck off of the boards, cut to the center, center of the ice, put a nice backhander in on net, and scored to give the U.S. a 2-1 lead, and they were able to hold on. So, yeah, uh, before the tournament started, uh, he was the NCAA's leading scorer. Um, I'm not sure if that's still the case since he's been away at the uh, um, the preliminary camp um, so I, I, my guess is uh, somebody else has probably overtaken him, but, um, yeah, he's, uh, uh, you know, the first game was tonight, uh, good start for him. Uh, I saw Canada was, uh, routing whoever, I can't remember who they were playing. I was like five to nothing already. And, uh, so, uh, Ian Mitchell and Mackenzie Entwistle are playing for Canada. Um, the Blackhawks have seven prospects overall in the tournament and uh, which is tied for the most in the league. And uh, they actually had a, an eighth guy that was expected to play, but uh, is out with an injury. So yeah, uh, the Hawks are definitely well represented in the, in the tournament. So, you know, I would encourage anybody who has a chance to watch any of those uh, pretty much any game you, you turn on is probably going to have a Blackhawks prospect on one team or the other or both.
0: Yep, and I can't wait for uh, Barrett to make the Blackhawks and me to accidentally call him Michael Barrett like four times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, uh, I, I, he He's a type of player that the Hawks could really use. Um, he's a no-nonsense player, goes to all the dirty areas, um, plays a simple game, Uh, he's responsible defensively. He's willing to chip the puck out if there's no easy exit. Um, he just, he plays a safe, responsible game and, you know, he's not going to beat a lot of guys one-on-one with fancy moves in the offensive zone, but he takes the puck to the net. He goes to the high traffic areas. Eddie Olchek's going to freaking love him (laughs) probably more than he'll deserve. But, um, yeah. um, The only thing I've seen is he doesn't quite win as many one-on-one board battles as I would love to see later on. He's probably still got to gain a little bit of strength in that. Um, But I I do think he can be a a pretty solid middle six center for you. I'm not sure he's going to score enough to be a number two. Um, But, you know, maybe with a guy like Patrick Kane, um, you know, it, it could work, but, um, yeah, I, I do think at least he's going to be a solid third line center with the potential for a little bit more, maybe. So, yeah, uh, that he's definitely encouraging. Uh, I saw Yoki Haru in one of his preliminary games. Um, and, uh, he had a really strong game. He looked real good. Uh, Ian Mitchell is an exciting right-handed defenseman as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen Boquist in the tournament yet. Uh, it's just starting up today. I think they might play later tonight. I can't remember the schedule exactly, but, yeah. Um, I'll definitely yeah. try and catch at least one game for all of the prospects that are in it, Just because a couple of guys I haven't seen yet. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm so excited. So, next
0: have next a Better idea of what that what uh, players look like in the world journey world yeah, junior, yeah. so
1: yeah, I can do a little quick recap of the, at least the games that I watched uh, you know or the 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 Hawks players involved because uh, as far as the actual Hawks schedule this coming week there isn't there isn't a ton so
0: actually that's a very nice uh, lead in for me doing the preview see I, I
1: i'm I'm getting good at this that was totally intentional that was a nice that was a nice little segue.
0: There we go. But of course, now we talked about it and ruined it. But anyway,
1: I, I, I wasn't going to say anything. You're the one that you're the one that ruined it. I was all I, I put it up on a tee for you, man.
0: Yep, yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, let's get to that. <laughs> uh, Blackhawks play three games this week. Uh, tomorrow night, because we're recording this on a Wednesday, they uh, take on the Minnesota Wild. Um, I believe that game. Yep, yeah, in Chicago. At uh, seven thirty, Central Time, uh, they played Minnesota a couple times this year, at least once, and then, you know, they, um, they the Blackhawks beat him early in the year. I thought they played it more recently.
1: Wasn't there a goal like in the last second? I can't even remember which team won it.
0: Yeah, there was a goal in the last second, and um, yeah. oh, wasn't it Ryan Suter? Didn't he score with? Yes, he did. And then the yeah, wild well, like one in overtime. Left or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then of course more recently the Blackhawks beat them in Chicago in November. So and then on uh, Saturday, they go back to Colorado to play the Avalanche again. So I guess they're getting that out of the way uh right now and just finishing off all the games in Colorado. So and obviously we just talked about Colorado. Uh, that game yep. starts at 8 Central. And then we got the Winter Classic. That's right, at 12 <laughs> p.m. Central time on uh, New Year's Day, Tuesday. So it, get on board for that. I guess if you kind of people that like the outdoor games, you can be excited about it. Uh, I don't know yeah. if it will be a full crowd or what to expect, but...
1: Yeah, I haven't checked what the weather is going to be like there. I, I I think a lot of it will be weather dependent. If if the weather turns out okay, I think they might end up with a decent crowd. If the weather isn't good, I'm, I'm worried what the optics on that are going to look like.
0: Of course, uh, part of me just wants it to be a blizzard, but that would be good for <laughs> the players. But uh, I don't think they would actually play in a blizzard. You might be right. I know they cancel them if the sun like the glare. It's too intense yeah. in the sun. I know that,
1: but you can't have a lot of stuff on the ice either. So
0: yeah, but yep, yeah, that's the week ahead, and uh, I guess you don't have much else to say. Hope everyone had a happy holidays, whatever mm-hmm. they uh, celebrate, and happy new year's coming up. Yep. Hopefully, this year goes better for the Blackhawks than 2018 has, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, maybe we'll get a gift of Jack Hughes or Caco.
0: That's right. Win that hey, lottery.
1: If, if you are interested in that sort of thing, watch the World Juniors. Uh, Team USA, man, go watch Jack Hughes. Yep, you can. Uh, at the very least, watching Jack Hughes and his brother Quinn skate around is pretty amazing. Those two, those two kids can really, really skate. Um, they're not yep. quite uh, Connor McDavid level, but. They're that next tier of just beautiful skaters, so
0: yeah. So, if you're on the tank train, you can watch those World Junior Games or on the NHL Network. Mm-hmm. And, um, also, if anyone does still want to watch the Road to the Winter Classic, it's still available, it's on uh YouTube if you want to look it up. They're only half hour shows this season, and but if you're interested in the behind the scenes stuff, just go on YouTube and look up Road to the Winter Classic, it'll be on there. So, yeah. And I guess with that, um, I'm STH85 on Twitter, Michael. MJ underscore Ernst. All right. And until next week, have a good one, everyone.